My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, October 18th. And, man, if you're going through it this week, you're not alone. A weird week in the NFL. A weird week. And that'll happen from time to time. I, you know, There's like three or four of those types of weeks every single year. And I know it was a weird week because I went 7-7 seven and seven in my game picks. You know, a lot of things I didn't think were going to happen happened. We know all the upsets that took place this weekend. So, you know what? It's just part of fantasy football. Let's keep the eyes on the prize and let's get you set up with waivers for uh, this week. And hey, man, tough week with buys. Man, tough week with buys. You get Buffalo, LA, the Rams, uh, Philly, and Minnesota. A lot of viable fantasy options out of that group that will not be on the field for us this week. So we're going to have to make some moves. We're going to have to make some decisions. Sometimes if you're in those shorter bench leagues, you got to make those tough decisions. Uh, if you're looking, you know, who do I cut? My general approach is I look at the people on the bench, and if there are any of them who couldn't start for me literally this week, that's the guy I'll cut. I hate to have to do that. I don't want to have to do that. That's why I don't like to play in leagues with four or five bench spots, but that's who I would cut. You know, it's not a precise formula, but that's what I would go after. If you have to fill a quarterback spot, a tight end spot, if you're up against it at running back or something along those lines, that's what I do. So let's get into it this week. We don't have as sexy of a group of players this week as we did last week, but there are some interesting names. I'm going to start at the top with Brian Robinson Jr. I'll go up to 20% on him. I'm not going to go overboard. It's not a 50 plus percent. I was impressed with the 17 touches to only eight, by the way, for Antonio Gibson. But if he doesn't score a touchdown, it really wasn't a great fantasy game. You know, he's going to be an early down runner. He's not going to be heavily involved in the passing game because we know J.D. McKissick and to a lesser extent Antonio Gibson will be used there. So it does put a cap on what Robinson can do. But the fact that in his second game, the team was willing to give him 17 carries uh, is very encouraging. So up to 20% on him. He is fairly widely available out there, which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Rondale Moore comes in at 10 to 15%. I'd go probably closer to 15% on him at number two. There's a lot of moving pieces here. Now, Marquise Brown does not look like he will be out for the entire season, so there's that. DeAndre Hopkins slated to come back, and yes, I do think DeAndre Hopkins will be the top target, but I'm not overly bullish on DeAndre Hopkins. Rondale Moore is going to be involved. He has been heavily involved the last few weeks here, uh, especially the last two weeks. He's going to man the slot. He's going to be heavily involved. Now, heavily involved doesn't mean we're using him as anything more than a wide receiver three most weeks and might even be flex option uh, other weeks. But 15% on him, I mean, not bad. And he is, he's, he's out there in over half of leagues, which is surprising across the two big platforms of ESPN and Yahoo. Uh, I'll talk about Robbie Anderson in a few minutes here. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to do that. Darnell Mooney, uh, this is the week of retreads. A lot of guys we drop a few weeks ago, get them back. Well, this happens. It's annoying. It's part of fantasy football, and there's no way around it. If a guy is struggling and he's dead weight on your bench, you move on from him. If a guy is playing good and seeing heavy volume, then you potentially pick him up. Now, I'm not going anything more than 10% because we don't know if this thing will turn back around again. But if Mooney's out there and you're thin at wide receiver, this is a way to add at least a little bit of depth. Two running backs with major question marks at four and five. 
those being Latavius Murray and Kenyon Drake. Let's start with Latavius Murray. I'm going up to 10%. That's not a lot on him, but he assumed the lead role in the backfield last night, Monday Night Football. He played 27 snaps, so it's not like it was like a true three-down role. It seemed like somehow Melvin Gordon quickly fell out of favor, and he didn't play anymore, and it was not the result of the neck injury that he had been experiencing. So does this stick going forward? That's my question. By the way, Mike Boone was still reasonably used, so I'm going to hold on to him for right now. I'm not going to make any moves. I know you want to drop Melvin Gordon or Mike Boone right away, but let's see what happens. Also, will the team be able to move the football if Russell Wilson, in fact, misses time? Not that they can move it that well with Russell Wilson under center, but it's not going to get better from here. So I'm not going to go overboard if Murray's out there, but it does look like he has a good shot of being the lead back. The other player, Kenyon Drake, same thing, about 10%. This guy has more lives than, than a cat. I mean, he just keeps coming back. And then you get the occasional huge Kenyon Drake game, which we got this weekend. This is more about J.K. Dobbins than it is about Kenyon Drake. J.K. Dobbins had a knee issue. They took him, you know, they basically took him out of the game and didn't put him back in. And Kenyon Drake went and did his thing. If the knee issue is somewhat severe, if even if the knee issue is something that costs him only a few weeks, I think Drake is worth it at this point because running back is so thin. So again, not going overboard, and we know who Kenyon Drake is. We know to not get too overzealous with Drake, but 10%. Uh, 7% on Alec Pierce. He's top double-digit fantasy points each of the last three weeks. And and oddly enough, I mean, he's behind Michael Pittman. That's not going to change. But Matt Ryan leads the NFL in passing attempts. <laughs> it's a total compiler season for Matt Ryan, but I'll take it with Alec Pierce. And I am going to talk about Paris Campbell, but I would uh, prefer Pierce to Campbell. Chase Claypool is a week of retreads. He comes in at 7, and I will have 7% on him as well. So number 7 in ranking, 7% on him. It seems like Claypool is a Trubisky favorite and Pickens is a Pickett favorite. Pickens will start if he clears concussion protocol. So I wouldn't go too overboard with Chase Claypool, but seven catches, 96 yards and a score. Kind of gets back in our good graces after two weeks ago just being an absolute debacle. Uh, we're on a little bit of a merry-go-round with these the uh, two Pittsburgh receivers. So I guess, you know, honestly... Let's just hold. You know, if you have if you have Pickens, you're holding him. If you pick up Claypool, we're gonna hold him for a while because it seems like it's just gonna kind of go uh, week to week on that one. Uh, Tuatunga Bailoa is actually available in just over thirty percent of leagues, so he made the cut. I go seven percent. I'm not getting crazy on Tua, but we know what the ceiling is. Really, in a perfect world, he's pretty much a front-end quarterback, too, but he does have an elite ceiling, especially when you get to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, so, and he should be back this week. First tight end on the list coming in at number nine, Robert Tunyon, 5% on him. Ah, uh, here we go, that merry-go-round again. We just dropped Robert Tunyon a few weeks ago because he was doing nothing in the offense, and then he goes out, of course, has 10 catches in uh, week six here, 12 targets. Part of that, though, was Randall Cobb not being on the field. I mean, short and intermediate area of the field. Who are you going to look at now? Well, you look at Tunyon if you're Aaron Rodgers, and Cobb is going to miss some time. So I think Tunyon is going to be usable, at least in the short term here. 
But like anything with tight end, we're going to use the guy until signs of him not being usable, and then we're going to move on from him. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast at the position. Tyquan Thornton at number 10 in rankings, 5% on him. Really impressed with the rookie. I mean, obviously, he scored two touchdowns. That's fine and dandy, but 60 scrimmage yards on seven touches. They did manufacture a run for him. And most importantly, he was the number three receiver in terms of routes run. He gives the team a very different element that they do not have, and they haven't had for a while. So I actually really dig Thornton as a slightly deeper ad. I don't know if we'll be able to use him immediately here because, yes, the ball is going to get spread around. You still have Jacoby Myers. You have uh, the tight ends. And I am going to talk about Hunter Henry here. You have Parker, the backfield, but Thornton, that little bit of spark. And your dynasty shares of him look great right now. Deion Jackson, 5%. Why am I not higher on him after this week six performance? Well, first and foremost, a large part of that performance was the 10 catches. The 10 catches would not have happened if Naeem Hines was healthy. And Naeem Hines should clear concussion protocol and be back on the field this week. So if I'm a Jonathan Taylor manager, yes, I am prioritizing getting Deion Jackson because even so, even with Naeem Hines on the field, Jackson is going to get a bulk of the early down work. He's obviously, he's clearly better than Philip Lindsay at this point. Uh, so Jackson, pretty interesting there uh, to have, especially if you have Jonathan Taylor. Kate Otten, Greg Dulcich at 12 and 13. Two rookie tight ends here at 3% each. I'm not going overboard. I do prefer Otten because I prefer Tom Brady throwing me the football to Russell Wilson or whoever the heck, you know, Brett Rippon or whoever's going to be under center here for the team if Russ does miss time. But uh, Dulcich is still interesting. So let's talk about Otten first and foremost. This is a product of Cameron Brait being banged up. I don't know if he's actually in a concussion protocol right now, but did, did have the neck injury. Now, it's not seri- It's not like season ending, but he's going to miss some time here. So Kate Otten and then Dulcich gets on the field. Puts up, all right, two catches, but 44 yards in a score. The other target he saw, too, was an end zone target. And right away, immediately the top tight end on the team. Like, Eric Saubert, whatever, wasn't out there. Well, like, he was out there, but we didn't see anything from him. Uh, uh, Alberto, not even dressed for this game. So, Dulcich, his arrow's pointing up. Allen Robinson, 3%, because why not? <laughs> it only took six weeks. But he gets in the end zone, and... Um, Actually, is second in the NFL in end zone targets with eight. Now he's only converted one for a score, but I could see some more games like this. We're not going to bank on it, but you know the nice thing about Robinson, I don't think you're going to have to spend on him because a lot of people will sort by projected fantasy points when they make their waiver claims, and Robinson's not going to show up there because he's on buy this week, so you can get him probably on the cheap if you wanted some wide receiver depth. Paris Campbell, 3%. Hasn't done much this season, but is coming off an 11-target game, 57 yards and a score. I think Matt Ryan's going to throw a lot this year. And so Paris Campbell could, you know, it's dink and dunk targets, but still we could get in on that. I mean, obviously the value might be a little bit better if you're in a full PPR format. Wandale Robinson, only 3%. Okay, so the problem here is the Giants wide receiver situation is still a mess. Robinson, I guess the arrow is pointing up, but you have uh, Marcus Johnson, <laughs> Richie James, you know, guys like this who are running more routes than Wandale Robinson, at least they did this past week. Darius Slayton, Robinson was fourth in the team in routes run with just 11, so I'm not overspending there. I actually think his teammate, Daniel Bellinger, who's at 17, is a, is a better guy to go after. He caught five balls this weekend and obviously got in the end zone and scored in each of his last two games. 
he kind of has given me, it's like he's the New York uh, Dawson Knox, you know, because obviously Dable coming from Buffalo, and it's not a bad thing at 3% for him. How about that three rookie tight ends on the list here? Uh, Hunter Henry at 18. He's been performing well over the last two weeks. Eight catches for 115 yards and a score. Now, it was much better than over the first month of the season, and what is that common denominator? It of course, is Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So does this continue when Mac Jones returns? Does Mac Jones get the job when he comes back? I don't know. That's why I'm not going overboard here. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 3%. The old faithful here after Cam Akers falling out uh, here. Uh, Brown is in the number two job, and I don't think that changes unless they make a trade for somebody like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, right now, Malcolm Brown is the the number two behind Daryl Henderson. Daniel Jones, 3%. Um, Honestly, they continue to trend in the right direction. He has the running ability. He didn't deliver this past week, but you're in a deeper one-quarterback league. You could do worse than Daniel Jones. Uh, Justin Fields is right there with him, too, also 3%. I was actually really impressed with this play uh, from the ability uh, or his his running ability. It seemed like it got him more comfortable, and then as the game was in crunch time, like he didn't put up big numbers, right? But he made a big-time throw that – had the route been just slightly deeper from Darnell Mooney, that would have been a touchdown. I mean, uh, he's trending in the right direction, and that's the important thing with Justin Fields. Gus Bus, Gus Edwards at 2%. We're getting closer to a return that could happen as early as this week. Matt Breda, 2%. We don't know how banged up Saquon Bar- Barkley is with the shoulder injury, but he did look like he tweaked it at the end of that game this past week. Breda would be the, Breda's the cuff. If I have Saquon Barkley, I'm getting Matt Breda. Uh, and Breda would be, a, he'd have a big workload if Saquon missed any time. All right, Sony Michelle, 2%. Uh, Josh Kelly injured very early in last night's contest. We don't know exactly the extent of that injury, so make sure you check before you make your claims tonight. But Michelle basically slid into Joshua Kelly's role. So if Kelly was going to miss time and you're an Austin Eckler manager, Michelle makes a lot of sense. Marcus Mariota, 2%. Hey, the team's 3-3, three and three, so I don't think we're going to be seeing Desmond Ritter anytime soon. Mariota is running really well. They're not going to throw the ball a lot, but he adds with his legs. Jimmy Garoppolo at 2%, 26th on the list. Back-to-back top 10 finishes. Last week, bad game script, and he still put up really good numbers for fantasy purposes. Matt Ryan, 27, 2%, speaking of really good numbers. Well, it's easy to look at last week and get excited, but let's look at the bigger picture here. Yes, you could have a 300-yard game with three touchdowns. You could have a 150-yard game with three interceptions with Matt Ryan. So just make sure. He's a compiler for sure, but I don't. it's not going to be a smooth ride with him. James Cook, I mean, Zach Moss was inactive this past week. Not that Cook was heavily used. It was Singletary in a three-down roll. But Cook does have value as a deep stash. Robbie Anderson at 29. One percent. I've never had a situation where a player has been gotten kicked out of a game by his team and then is a waiver ad. <laughs> never seen this before, but obviously it's a result of him going to Arizona. He won't be anything more than the number four receiver, at least initially here. And then when Marquise Brown eventually comes back about six weeks from now, then Anderson, you know, will be relegated to uh you know off the fantasy radar. But for now, there is at least an opportunity if you're in a deep league here. So I would just grab him and stash him. Uh, also, same thing on the other side of that trade. Terrace Marshall, with Anderson out of the mix, Marshall now has an opportunity to get on the field. So you'll have DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, and Shai Smith as your three receivers. So 1% on him. 
the quarterback situation is ugly, although we could have Baker or maybe Darnold, one of those guys under center this week. Ronnie Rivers at 1%, deep, deep, deep running back ad for the Los Angeles Rams. He did get some run this past week. He's an undrafted free agent. I was actually happy to see him out there, man. Uh, Taylor Heineke at 32 on the list. 1% in deep one-quarterback leagues. And super flex, I think I would go in the range of about 20%. Carson Wentz is a four to six week absence. Heineke has some running ability. He's a little bit, you know, balls to the wall with his playing style as well. So I'm down with that. Bailey Zappi, 1%. Mac Jones, I don't know, was a high ankle sprain. So we may not see him again this week. And Zappi's playing good football. So this is a, you know, he could be a deep one quarterback streamer. He certainly is still in playing Superflex. I'm just not going to spend a ton on him. And then finally, Mitch Trubisky, just in case Kenny Pickett doesn't clear concussion protocol in your Superflex leagues. Two players I'm not picking up this week. Hard pass on Caleb Huntley. Yes, he out-carried Tyler Algier this past week, but the, it's still a mess in that backfield. Damian Williams could return this week. We're only two weeks away from potential Cordero Patterson return as well. Mike Gesicki, we have seen this before. We have seen it before. We have seen this friggin' movie before, and it's predictable. The ending is so predictable. It's like the ship. The ship is going to sink at the end of the Titanic, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry if I ruined the movie for you. Also, the Celine Dion song sucks in that movie. But, Kasiki, huge game. Next week, one catch, 12 yards. We've seen it before. Hard pass on Mike Kosicki. Uh, I'm holding uh, three players on the hold list this week. Cam Akers only because it's a lottery ticket, and I want to see where he's traded to. I'm not. I don't blame you if you want to cut him. You know, if you want to cut him, cut him. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold him if I. I, I actually honestly don't have him on any rosters because he was in the RB dead zone. But I would be willing to hold him to see where he lands if if and when he is traded. Michael Carter, uh, Brees Hall has taken over, sure. But Carter played 27 snaps. Brees Hall played 35. Carter does have a little bit of independent value. And, of course, he's got cuff value if anything happened to Brees Hall. And then finally, DJ Moore. I get it. You want to cut him. Hey, it's your team. You cut him if you want to cut him. But it's hard for me to cut the number one receiver on his respective team who has seen 26 targets over the last three games. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, they could actually help DJ Moore. So I'm, I'm holding those guys. Uh, the cut list, uh, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, obviously. Randall Cobb's going to miss some some time here. And Carson Wentz, even in a super flex league. If it's six weeks, by the way, I am, uh, man, ugh, we could be out of it by then. So yeah, I'm going to cut, in, in a super flex, I'm going to cut him. I hate to do it, but you, you gotta you gotta look out for job one. Also, Isaiah McKenzie would be on the outs here for me too. Uh, the play of Khalil Shakir, the fact that Dawson Knox is healthy, the fact that you know Stephon Diggs is going to get a ton of targets, that Gabe Davis is going to get a ton of targets. I just don't know if there's meat on the bone here for Isaiah McKenzie. All right, defensive streamers, you ready? Here we go. If you have Tampa, if you have Dallas, if you have Green Bay, you're good this week. I wouldn't worry about streaming a defense. If not, yo, the New England Patriots. They were picked up in some leagues last week, but, man, they're playing good football. They don't have star power, but they're playing good football. And guess what? They're facing the Bears this week, so I like that matchup. I like the Denver Broncos against the Jets. They just held Justin Herbert in check, and the defense, honestly, is not the problem for the Broncos. Pat Sertan, especially, is a stud. Uh, the Dolphins against the Steelers. I don't care if it's Pickett or Trubisky under center. I'm going to take advantage of the matchup. I like the Jets defense against the Broncos. 
Russell Wilson sacked 3.3 times per game. He may not even be in, on the field in this one, too, so you'd have any even um, you know more reason to take advantage of the matchup, and they're not scoring any points on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, then the Raiders, and, uh, Raiders uh, against the Houston Texans. Texans, obviously, we like to pick on them. They're get, they have one giveaway per game, so we'll take advantage of that one with the Raiders. If you want the entire list, waiver wire rankings for week seven, you can get them over at ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK for 20% off. And also, uh, keep in mind that uh, ftnbets.com, that promo code works as well. And anybody who likes to dabble in NBA, I got NBA player props up there right now. In the player prop tool, got some player props for tonight's uh, opening night action. Only two games, but... Hey, I'm a Sixers fan, so I'm already fired up about that. Yeah! Let's go, JoJo. Uh, Go check that out, though. FTNBets.com. Of course, follow along with me, at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter. And remember, also subscribe to the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. I do two shows over there a week, if you're wondering where where I am the rest of the week. Uh, That's where I am on Wednesdays and Fridays, those shows. So go subscribe to that. You'll get the uh, Wednesday ranking show and the Friday uh, game preview show where I break things down for you. All right. I will uh, catch you on this feed on Tuesday for, jeez, week eight waivers. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, crush your waiver wires tonight, and I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.